listening to the Jay's Journal Podcast. For Thursday, August the 24th, I'm your host, Ari Shapiro. On tonight's roundtable, I'm going to sit down with podcaster Adam Corsair, who runs an American Blue Jays podcast called South of the Six, along with motivational speaker and mental game coach Diamond Hall, and Sportsnet contributor and blogger Dow Steep to discuss all things Blue Jays past, present, and future. It's a fantastic table you won't want to miss out on. Tonight's podcast episode is proudly sponsored by Cloud Wi-Fi. Do you live in a condominium and are paying too much for internet? Surf faster and save money. Get your building on board today for your chance to win 2018 Blue Jays season tickets. See if your building qualifies today by emailing bluejays at cloudwifi.ca. The Blue Jays leave Tampa Bay in much the way they felt during their Chicago Cubs series, which is basically another lost opportunity. The team clearly has the heart and desire to compete, but the sad reality of having to reach in and pull out a Rowley, a Kohler, a Tepish, combined with the repeated usage of players like Ref Snyder, Aoki, Barney Gones, Lopez, Montero, you know, it's clear that when a lack of talent and depth collides with lost opportunity, it becomes especially salty for the Fairweather fan. And you're going to hear that mentioned a few times on tonight's show, Salty Peanuts. And absolutely abysmal for the hardcore faithful who have long stopped looking at the standings. That being said, we are left with heroes and part-time players who clearly have the kind of compete level that will be infinitely coveted during the 2018 campaign. As for this one, well, I'll be with you until the end, not providing you with rose-colored hope, but with the kind of roundtable baseball authorities who will no doubt offer some cathartic release in an agonizingly long regular season of failed expectations. So as mentioned earlier, my guests today are Sportsnet writer and blogger Dow Steeb, mental game coach and motivational speaker Diamond Hall, and the host and creator of South of the Six podcast, Adam Corsair. And gentlemen, I'm going to start with, uh, with Dow on this question, the obvious one on fans' minds. Uh, after this series with the Tampa Bay Rays and now being five and a half games back of the wild card Dow, do we continue to embrace the mathematical possibility, however bleak it may seem with all the teams in front of the Jays, for a postseason berth? Or can we now move on to the understanding of what 2018 has in store and stop dwelling on what has been a train wreck of a year? I think it's probably uh, the, the chances of making the, the playoffs are, are, are too microscopic uh, at this point to even attempt to embrace. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it, it probably is time to uh, look ahead, to look at a September where you're bringing up uh, some of the, the future uh, to get a good look at Teoscar Hernandez or, or others. Uh, but having said that, every time that I get ready to throw in the t- towel on this uh, season that they go out and win a couple of series in a row mm-hmm. and are right back into it. So um, they are going to be getting into a tough part of the schedule and uh, down the stretch and, and the, the Rays in Tampa are always a part of a tough part of the schedule for the Jays. So, um, you know, I, 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 I I wouldn't blame anyone who wanted to hold on to the faintest of faint hopes and, you know, why not? I mean, there's no downside to it really, but, um, but uh, I think, you know, realistically uh, people are probably going to want to turn their gaze uh, forward to 2018 at this point. I I agree with that. Um, 
the way I kind of approach this season, um, especially right now, um, you know, approaching September, is to just expect the worst but hope for the best, sort of. Um, yeah. And uh, I also, anytime people on Twitter or whatever talk to me about the Jays and they're like, oh, why should I watch if they're not going to make the postseason? Well, I kind of liken it to um, my experience with Lost. Um, I, I watched Lost <laughs> way after it was aired. And uh, the buddy that recommended it to me said, um, look, it's, it's not the destination, it's the journey. So just don't, the, the ending is going to get you very upset. And uh, maybe that's how it is with the Blue Jays. You know, the ending might not be what we want, but the fact is, it's the, it's the journey. It's, it's, we're going to be seeing September call-ups. We're going to see some of the young players do their thing. And at the end of the day, when baseball is over, I think every one of us will miss it. So just enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, I got to agree with uh, with Adam on this one. Got to enjoy it while it lasts. As a fan, it's frustrating, but, you know, you still – once the baseball season is over, people are going to be salty that it's over. So enjoy mm-hmm. it now, you know. Um, enjoy it now and, and, and enjoy the rest of the season, regardless of the outcome. Just like Adam said, it's about the, it's about the journey. Um, it's not necessarily always about the outcome. But just take a look back on the season. It's been an up and down season, yeah, but good times and bad times. But still enjoy it while it's while it's here, because it's only a few more weeks left. And and I'm wondering, Diamond, is the fact that a second wild card spot, which is designed to create this kind of intrigue, this mathematical notion of hey, as long as we're still technically in it, we can <laughs> harbor some hope. Do you feel that that the Blue Jays front office has maybe abused that to some degree by creating a media presentation where they keep reminding fans that, look, there's still a chance. It may be a 3% or a 5% or as Dow alluded to a point, you know, zero eight percent chance. But as long as there's a chance, is there a, a concern that maybe playing that underdog card as great as it would be if the Blue Jays were to make a rush, you know, get on that winning streak? Because, I'm taking exception to the fact that you said that there are good times and bad times because I think that there are a lot more bad times than good. Do you think this team has maybe one last push to at least give that faint hope that you should be tuning in, if anything, just to see whether they can pull off the unthinkable? Absolutely. I mean, this is the game of baseball we're talking about here. We've seen we've seen unbelievable things happen in the history of this game. And I think mm-hmm. to count these guys out right now would be uh, – I'll be doing a disservice to to the art of the game. I mean, this is what it's all about. You know, thinking that, oh, man, it's over, and then next thing you know, these guys are back in it. We've seen it time and time again many years in the past in this game, and I think the, I, I think they do have a chance. You know, I'm 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 always optimistic, but, I, I mean, if there's a 3% chance, I mean, this is the game of baseball. This is the game that it would happen in. Basketball, football, that's different. But baseball, anything can happen on any given day. So I wouldn't count these guys out yet. I don't want to say that the the um, the media relations or what have you have abused it, um, but I definitely think they've played it, and I definitely mm-hmm. think they've used it as a as sort of a tool to get people to to keep watching. Because it's really hard to keep uh, casual fans watching if there is no end game, yeah. if there is kind of like, hey, we're out of it. Um, but at the same time. I don't want to say it's impossible because Diamond's right. It is the game of baseball, but I guess maybe I'm just a salty fan. Maybe just the the down times of what happened this season have gotten the best of me. But 
having what is it one two three four five six seven eight nine teams in front of us total for the wild card mm-hmm. that includes the Yankees and Minnesota. That a lot of things have to have to break right in order for the Jays to climb all the way back up. So uh, it's it's deflating, but at the same time, like this is what, <laughs> this is what we signed up for. I guess I, I don't I don't know. It's it's the life of a Blue Jays fan uh, before 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing about this is. Uh, that if if the Blue Jays were just a 500 team, you know, yeah. I mean, they would be two games back, and this would be they would be that much more in the mix. And it's kind of crazy to think that that you could say, okay, well, let's let's try and have a a true talent 500 team, and and then maybe hope for the best and hope for things to kind of turn in in our favor. So, and I mean, every, every team I think is has had a lot of issues with injuries this year. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Blue Jays, obviously, with uh, with a healthy Aaron Sanchez uh, pitching the way he did last year, I mean, I think that that probably makes a big difference in terms of where they are. So disappointing uh, in some ways to see the, how close they could be. But at the same time, it's really only been in the last two or three weeks that the Blue Jays have played uh, baseball in a way that's been aesthetically pleasing. Um, mm. You know, uh, mm. I think it's been a lot of lousy baseball uh, to watch, um, both in the field and at the plate, and it's really just been the last couple of weeks that that has uh, changed. And so, I mean, this uh, this series has been a bit of a downer. Those, those games against Chicago were actually pretty entertaining. Um, uh, so, you know, I, in spite of the fact that they got – Wept. I, I didn't have a huge complaint about the way that the Jays played in that, but um, but yeah, I mean there there were parts of this season where it was just ugly, trash baseball to watch. I agree, and I think that um, also lends to the whole enjoy the journey thing because like when, when was the last time the Jays were even playing in Wrigley? I want to say it was 2005. So these are the little the little things that Jays fans can like latch on to. Um, and at the same time, Ari, you mentioned that it, it is the management um, overselling the notion of there's still a chance. I think from what I've seen, from what I've been reading on social media and whatnot, they're, they're sort of planting the seeds to, to get our hopes and sights set for 2018. I think they're really trying to project um, a little bit into the future just to get us prepared. And I think the September call-ups, once that happens, they'll they'll be able to, like, play that up a lot by saying, hey, we have Teoscar Hernandez. Who knows what he could be for us in 2018? Yeah, yeah. And then you also noticed that they were like, ooh, there's rumblings about Marco Estrada might be extended. Who knows? Maybe 2018. Yeah. And Aaron Sanchez. And it's, it's, the list goes on. So I don't think it makes you a bad fan. I don't think it makes you a a, um, a disgruntled fan if you think that they, they won't make the postseason. I mean, mathematics are what they are, but you know, it's it is what it is. Like I said, this is the Blue Jays, and prior to 2015, I think we should be used to this by now. Well, no question. And 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 for me, as you know, uh, from from having this discussion in the past, when we've all individually discussed this, um, I like to make the distinction between the controllable and uncontrollable aspects of a baseball season. And I'm wondering, Adam, when you look back at the 2017 season, again, it hasn't been written. There's still a mathematical possibility. But for all intents and purposes, if you were to look back at this season up to this point, would you be more likely to remember the fact that it was one ripe with injuries 
and player aggression, or that you'll look back and think of it as underachievement of players not playing up to their abilities. I mean, if as, as Dow alluded to, they were mathematically encouraged about two to three weeks ago, and then Roberto Asuna blew a handful of saves that you could argue right now would be the difference between being maybe two or three games out versus five and a half, six. So when you look back at this year, what are you going to remember this season for, first and foremost? I think it's a combination of the two. I, I think uh, injuries certainly have played a part of it, but I don't necessarily like to hang on to that excuse to say that this is the reason why the Blue Jays fell so far down. But at the same time, um, in the beginning of the year, the expectations were so high, and rightfully so, coming off of two ALCS appearances in a row. Um, we had high expectations for this team, and I think, especially for the new fans coming in, this will help teach people to temper those a little bit. Um, and also, I think you were right that there a lot of players did sort of underperform. Um, mm. I, I expected a drop-off from Tulo. I expected a drop-off from Bautista, but I didn't think it was going to be this steep, and unfortunately, um, it was. And hopefully, Tulo, at least, I don't know if Jose Bautista will even be back, uh, hopefully he'll be able to rebound and um, become at least an offensive role player for this team uh, that was that's absolutely better than it was this year. I agree with Adam on this one. I think it was a combination of both, um, and that's what it usually is. To be honest, when you talked about uh, all right, when you talked about the controllables and the uncontrollables, I mean, you can't control injuries. I mean, in a sense, you know, depending on perspective you're looking at things from, you can't control how a guy performs either, and neither can he. He can influence how he performs, but he can't fully control that batting average at the end of the day. He can put in hours and hours of preparation when you talk about Tulo, right? I'm sure he's putting in the work. He just didn't have the year that he wanted to have. That's just how baseball works at the end of the day. And I can tell you that from, you know, from a player's perspective. And even with, uh, you know, Alcina blowing a few games, you know, when you look at those situations, um, you know, there could have been something that the offense could have did to, you know, before he came in. Um, in order to not even have have him in that situation. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's a matter of it's – it's definitely a combination of both. And a lot of these things that we're talking about, um, as far as, as far as you know, how they've done this season, uh, a lot of these things aren't controllable, especially as fans and even as players. Um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. But, I mean, I, like Adam said, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a tough season. For the uh, you know for the Blue Jays, but at the same time, you know they're only only five games behind, and a lot of things do have to happen in order for them to uh, you know to get that wild card. But I mean, hey, you never know. It is baseball at the end of the day. Shouldn't there be a concern, Dow, between equating player aggression with underachievement? Because I, I'm looking at this team, and it would be easy to say, as Diamond just alluded to, that, or, or Adam also mentioned that. Um, we didn't expect maybe Tulo to be as, as great as Tulo was a few years ago, or we didn't expect that Bautista was going to be an in-his-prime Bautista. But at the same token, you could not have imagined Kendris Morales being a negative war player, uh, Tulo being a negative war player, Bautista hitting 215 or 210 late in the season. How does a fan rationalize the fact that the biggest reason, at least in my opinion, for this team's inability to compete in 2017 came from the fact that players who were being paid a great deal of money just didn't show up to do their job the way they should have. 
Well, I mean, I think that on some level that that is something that you can foresee and you can start to look at it and, and imagine that this might be the outcome. I mean, you know, that's what happens to to players as they age. Uh, that, uh, you know, it, it isn't necessarily a, a, a gradual uh, uh, come down for, for a lot of them. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's actually pretty dramatic and, and all at once. And so... You know, I mean, I, I think that um, that given what we had seen from Tulowitzki, uh, you know, in in his time with Toronto, I don't think a season like this is uh, wholly unexpected. And that's not to say that you know, getting to two postseasons with him doesn't make uh, that deal worth it on some level. But uh, you know, ultimately, I think we have to get to this point of recognizing that what got the Blue Jays. Uh, to those two postseasons isn't necessarily what's going to get them to their next postseason. And, you know, the Blue Jays and, and all teams, I think, in sports end up uh, having these, these players who they hold on to for one or two seasons too long. You know, if you look at the initial uh, stages of what, where the Blue Jays started to decline, in the 1990s, I mean, they held on to Joe Carter and gave him a, a prime place in the lineup for about three seasons longer than they should have. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I am a huge Jose Bautista fan. Uh, I'm, you know, and, and unless he wants to come back on a, on a, you know, uh, a very small deal with a very small role, you know, I don't necessarily um, see clinging to his future, and I, I, I would think that looking at his uh, past finally is fine by me. And in terms of uh, Tulowitzki, you know, I mean, I guess we'll see what we get out of him next year, and and maybe it'll uh, he'll be able to get himself back into a situation of being kind of a, a, a very solid defender and. and you know, something close to uh, an average hitter and and you sort of suck up the money at that point. Um, yeah. And as far as Kendris goes, I, I'm starting to have questions as to whether or not if they if they don't eat some of that deal, eat some yeah. of it or a lot of it, because he's just he he's not just surplus at this point, but he's kind of blocking them from uh, from having some of the positional flexibility that they need. Very true. This is this is where the revelation of having a Justin Smoke uh, makes your best laid plans somewhat go awry and forces your hand. And I'm wondering, Adam, when when we look back at some of the biggest challenges facing the Blue Jays, we're very cognizant of two particular numbers: 2019 and 2021. And I'm sure you're smiling because you know that 2019 <laughs> represents the year where presumably we're going to start seeing Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. And 2021 represents the time where a lot of controllable players will start coming off the books because they'll either be maybe too expensive, their contract demands might be unreasonable. Do you foresee the leadership nucleus of Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki? and Russell Martin hanging through as far as 2019 and possibly beyond? In a leadership role, I, I, I definitely see at least Russell Martin uh, sticking around, um, whether that be um, him continuing to catch, which is sort of daunting to think about, um, especially up to 2021. But um, Tulewitzki, I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one for me. It just 
having knowing that he's going to be there for that long kind of makes me like cringe inside. But at the same time, you're right. 2018, <laughs> the, the the Bichette, the the Guerreros, like that to me that that makes me smile. That that kind of um, gives me hope that there's going to be this new surge of, of talent coming through, and hopefully, um, the I, I think. Um, Dow kind of um, alluded to this too. What brought them to the postseason this, these past few times won't necessarily make you uh, go to the postseason again. And I think the Blue Jays for the longest time have relied on the long ball. And um, if they're able to establish some somewhat of a much more balanced lineup and having the leadership roles of at least Russell Martin and if Josh Donaldson's still here, which would kind of be weird with Vlad Guerrero as well, but whatever. If, if these main pieces are here, they can help bridge that gap and, and uh, help establish a lineup that doesn't rely on the long ball, that is much more balanced, that can sort of come with the times where, where baseball is heading, which is much more uh, of a balanced lineup, I guess you could say. And I'm curious, Diamond, when we look at someone like a Josh Donaldson, who's having the kind of second-half season which is resembling his 2015 MVP season, how can we even have a discussion about whether or not the team should be signing him? Shouldn't they go out and give him that contract and make him part of what they have been selling as a bill of goods for 2018, which involves being competitive? If you, if you let Josh Donaldson go, aren't you basically saying that, hey, we're going to roll the bones again and hope that you show up to see what could be another mediocre year of baseball? You don't sign Josh Donaldson. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, I mean, that. I mean, this guy. Like, people go year by year when they look at these guys' stats and everything. But I mean, this is like you said. This is an MVP um, a few years ago that we're talking about. And I'm going to take it back to when you know Joey Votto had that had had that one or two off years, right? And people were saying, "Oh, he doesn't have yeah. it. all this that and all this thing." And, and now, you know, it, it's kind of the same situation a little bit. But if you don't sign Josh Donaldson back, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the thought process is there. I mean, I see some. I understand there's new talent coming up, but this is this is a guy who, this is a franchise player at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the guy who got it started up for, for Toronto yeah. at the end of the day. Um, so, so to not. When you talk about loyalty, I remember we talked about loyalty a little bit last time. To not, to not, to not give him a little bit of loyalty in the front office, you know. Um, after all he's done for the, you know, for the organization, and putting, you know, putting the name on the map at the end of the day, him, Bautista, those guys. I just don't see why you why you wouldn't do that. I think we'll have to see what the what what. Josh Donaldson is looking for and you know ultimately he's a free agent so he's going to be able to sign wherever he wants to and it's not necessarily on the Blue Jays you know I mean as long as they they give him a decent deal but they'll have to handle it better than they did the Edwin situation I think which sort of of hangs over you know this uh, this season Uh, but at the same time I mean you know I don't want to see the Blue Jays give a bad contract to Josh Donaldson um, simply because they they feel compelled to reward him for past glories. I mean, if you take a look at the Albert Pujols contract, at the Miguel Cabrera contract, and even Mm -hmm. to some extent the Giancarlo Stanton contract, like 
big long-term contracts generally just stink in the end. And unless it's someone yeah. who's under the age of uh, 28 uh, who you're giving this to, and Josh Donaldson's going to be a lot older than that, uh, I, I don't see going beyond five years or so. And I think that someone out there probably will give Josh Donaldson seven years and 200 plus million dollars. And, you know, I, I just don't see that as being uh, the place that the Blue Jays uh, necessarily need to go. Now, on the other hand, maybe they do need to have a $200 million payroll that can absorb uh, bad contracts for several years in a row. And, and frankly, with Tulo uh, sticking around for the next uh, little while, that is something that they're going to have to budget for. I was going to say <clears> that when it comes to, to Donaldson, it's going to be very difficult because he's going to be 32 when he enters uh, that free agent period, and it's going to be with a lot of other highly touted free agents as well. And depending on what Rodgers is going to want to uh, contribute to the payroll and depending on what the front office is going to want to give him for a term, um, I just don't see five years cutting it. And I remember when Shapiro came in, he said he doesn't like to work in absolute. So that sort of gives... Jays fans the hope that they'll break this quote-unquote like five-year um, concrete um, contract term that they, they operate on, this, this policy. Um, for me, I would much rather the Jays take that money that they would give Josh Donaldson and this is knowing everything he's done for the organization. I'd rather them try to bargain for someone like Manny Machado, who is much younger, who will be 26 when he enters free agency, and I personally think his best days are ahead of him. And to have someone like that to build around, I think would be way more beneficial for the Jays in the long term than re-signing Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Um, I think uh, if, if they can pitch something to Manny Machado, that would be huge. But the, the, op, the chances of the chances of him going to Toronto, I think, are very slim to none. And when we talk about Josh Donaldson, when we talk about his past few years, his past glory, so to say, I mean, this guy hit 284 last year, 297 the, the year before, and he's hitting 262, you know, this year. He's having a bad year. This is this is a bad year for him, and he's hitting 262 with 22 home runs. That's a great bad year. So, so for – so in my opinion, for – for these guys not to give them at least one or two more years of an opportunity or you're trying to try to bring them back on. I, I don't know. I feel like that's uh that, that really, it, it's really reminding me constantly of that Joey Votto situation a few years ago. Well, and I think there was a window with Joey Votto and this franchise, believe it or not. I recall a few years ago that some tires were being kicked around because of the fact mm. that he was having his struggling years and the organization probably should have bought low when they had the chance. Now it's not going to happen because, you know, he's got a 420 on-base percentage and is doing the kind of things that at his age and position um, – Sadly, the rest of the team, not so great, but as an individual contributing to the payroll, he is worth $40 million as far as I'm concerned. You just don't see hitters like him. And I'm wondering, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this, Dow, to start us off. This franchise does have a history of dipping into free agency to kind of galvanize the fan base. We've seen it before. Um, I think Dow and I are the oldest ones on this panel, so we remember a time when the GM was called Stan Pat Gillick and everything was being done through drafting, and then suddenly away they went. They acquired players to help win a championship. 
Um, we've also seen it in scenarios where they have no hope really of contending, but they want to create fan interest, so they, they went out and got Roger Clemens in his prime. They went out and got Jose Canseco, Frank Thomas, uh, B.J. Ryan. Do you believe that they will go out and make a free agent splash? And if they do, which player would you like to see realistically try to come to Toronto? Oh, wow. Uh, do I think that they uh, will make a free agent splash? Mm-hmm. I think that they could, but I, I, I'm i trying to think of, of who would be the... Who would be the guy that they could go after? I mean, I don't see them necessarily in the Machado or Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Um, but uh, in terms of that next year, I mean, uh, you know, they may well uh, be better served by going after uh, people in the trade market uh, instead. And, and maybe it is someone like a Joey Votto who, you know, I think could potentially age well, especially as a DH um, in mm. his uh, in his later years, mm. um, absolutely. You know that 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 could be uh, that could be an avenue for them. Um, you know, I mean, and and aside from that, maybe it would be uh, maybe the best alternative is to try and see what you can do with with a, a Josh Donaldson. Um, you know, but just the next couple of years, it's. You know, there's the very high, high end, and then there's a lot of stuff kind of in the middle that I, I don't think is necessarily the sort of thing that's going to uh, woo the fan base, uh, you know, uh, turn the turnstiles that much. I mean, you know, a guy, a, a guy for me who I think gets lost a little bit in some of the free agent discussions is Mike Moustakis, uh, yeah. who's having a great season for the Royals. Uh, is 29, so you know, I mean, uh, not too old um, uh, at this point. Uh, I, I think he's going to get a huge contract, and you know, um, you know, maybe the Blue Jays would be a, a good landing spot for him. But then, of course, you have to find someplace else for Josh uh, Donaldson, either on the field or uh, to move him uh, elsewhere to, to bring something back. Right, and and uh. A guy like Mustafa, I think, um, would be a really good acquisition for the Jays. But, um, again, like the same thing that uh, conflicts with that um, it would be the bringing up of Vlad Jr. And that's where Josh Donaldson, the whole contract talks and the terms kind of get murky too. Um, but personally, I don't see them doing any sort of a splash next season um, or approaching this offseason. Um I think they're going to stay the course and kind of um, get their talent via trade, and um, they're going to try to move assets as best they can. Um, I, I just I, this organization right now, this front office rather, doesn't seem like they're ready to push their chips in in terms of um, spending just quite yet for me. And so let's go around the table. Um, I'm going to start with you, Diamond. What, in your opinion, knowing how this 2017 season has played out chock full of frustrations on the defensive side of the game, especially this recent uh, stretch against Chicago and Tampa Bay, where they played games that were competitive and series that were winnable, but it seemed like every two or three innings, there'd be this indescribable shenanigan like play in the outfield or infield that made you scratch your head and realize that's what happens when you have injuries and player regression. It's a bad combination. 
to the lack of offense, the inability to hit with runners in scoring position, and all the patch-up jobs needed on the pitching side when Marco Estrada and a number of other pitchers uh, ended up struggling this year. What would you focus on as GM of this team as your absolute priority priority in the offseason to get the fans on your side to believe you're going to be a competitive ball club? Oh, that's a tough question there. Um, if I'm the GM, I'll probably focus on getting the fans to buy in by, you know, just, just making sure I'm keeping a lot of media present, to be honest with you. I mean, that's that's how you do it at the end of the day. Keep the media present, you know, have some, um, um, have a lot of attention on these guys at the end of the day um, because, you know, good attention, bad attention, any attention is at the end of the day, good attention. So if you want the fans, if you want people to tune in, if you want the fans to buy in, you know, you're going to keep this momentum going. That's, I believe it's still there. I think it's still really? there, the momentum from from these past years. Absolutely. Being in, you know, being you in see, Ohio. Still think. Okay, okay, interesting. I'm telling you, being in being in Ohio, seeing seeing people still wearing <laughs> wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat who, who don't even <laughs> associate with baseball. Like, I'm telling you that, the momentum is still there, believe it or not. It, it may not seem seem so in Toronto, but I'm talking about as far as the fans go, as far as the fan base, people from people who play basketball, people who play football, like they, they everybody knows about the Toronto Blue Jays. Hmm. At the end of the day, and it's it, it's a situation to where you know when you look at Toronto, you know you got all stars out there, you got Jose Bautista, you got Josh Donaldson, you got Drake, you got people from all <laughs> over the place. Um, who, who bring in that kind of attention. So I think I think if I'm the GM, you know, I'm going to make sure a lot of media is around our guys. Um, everybody's, you know, at the same time staying humble, but we're still keeping the attention on the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, building, you know, continuing building that fan base and, and marketing the brand in the right way. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what it, that's what it's about. If you want if you want more fans, you're going to do things that other people aren't doing. Um, so that's my personal opinion. For me, the, the number one thing that I hope that the front office does is sort of address the, the starting rotation. Um, mm-hmm. I need to be sold that I need to be assured that Aaron Sanchez is right, and yeah. I need to make sure that these blister problems aren't like uh, a constant thing. That's that's first and foremost. Um, and if Estrada does decide to go elsewhere. Um, I, I need at least two more. I'm not comfortable with Diagini um, in this rotation quite yet. That may be just a personal preference, but I'm just not sold on that yet. And um, so to have a four and a five, I think that's one of their biggest areas of need. Um, and they need to address the bullpen uh, a little better than they have uh, this year. Um, whether that means um, making like these these small um, acquisitions like these one year deals, um, whatever they need to do, but pitching is personally my priority for this offseason. I think for for me, you know, uh, there there are some core pieces to the to the team that are that are there and, and that I think that you can build on for next year. I, I do think that it goes back to uh, this idea of needing uh, to to get more uh, more athletic uh, guys who can run the bases, play the field a little bit better than what we've seen this year. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think that it, it's funny at the beginning of the year 
people were worried about, well, you know, who do you have as your sixth and seventh starter? And I don't think that people necessarily thought about who the 13th yeah. starter for yeah. the Blue Jays was going to be this year. So it's certainly been an interesting uh, road. But, you know, in some ways, um, not to get ahead of ourselves uh, with uh, Kohler after one, you know, okay five-and-dive outing today. But, right. you know, that's a guy who uh, they'll have – they'll have the ability to hold on to him for next year and he could be a five or a six or Agreed, what yeah. have you. I think I, I think yeah. Joe Biagini Joe Biagini I see as a starter in Buffalo next year until um until his outings really start to improve. I guess last night or the night before he had a good outing and that probably sets him up to to come back and, and pitch with the big club in September but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you always need pitching. You always need lots of it. And I'm I'm not a Ryan Tapera fan, so I don't see that as a as a legitimate uh, arm for the back of your bullpen if he comes back and and is sort of a uh, you know more in, in in the role of being the first guy out of the pen or or what have you. Then you know that's fine. Um, I mean, in some ways, the bullpen has kind of been the least of their worries in spite of the fact that their best bullpen arm has been the guy who who has blown eight saves this year. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's all random. I mean, you just throw a bunch of names into the drum and roll it around and pull it out, and who, who knows how it's going to turn out next year. But I, I think that there are some areas that they can improve on uh, and, and definitely – um, their their defense, their base running, uh, th- those are all areas that, that could uh, use uh, some substantial improvement next year. Ultimately, only time will tell. And uh, unfortunately, and it is unfortunate, because usually baseball is a summertime preoccupation, which hopefully gives us inspiration and a sense of moving towards a winning goal. And that's why this round table, as wonderful as it is, is somewhat bittersweet because here we are musing on the prospect of the future and what that could mean and how these decisions influence that kind of um, crystal globe of, you know, snow globe of shaking it up and hoping that you can see clearly. Um, it would, I guess it would be easier, I think you'd all agree, if this team didn't have as much talent as it does and didn't use a $160 million payroll, but maybe 120 and was in a position where they didn't have certain contracts that were an albatross for planning for the future. As a result, it'll just end up giving us a lot of, a lot more reasons to have round tables and discuss things, I'm sure. <laughs> so I, I, I really do appreciate everyone's input. Let's go around the table, starting with Diamond and then uh, Adam, followed by Dow. Uh, let my listeners know what you've been working on, what you're up to, and how they can find you on social media. My social media is, is all across the board. It's, it's Diamond Hall, D-I-A-M-Y-N, Hall, H-A-L-L. Um, my most uh, – my, my priority right now is um, is our team here at Wright State, uh, Wright State University, the baseball team. Um, me executing my role this season is going to be uh, – is going to be substantial for, um, you know, my growth and our growth as a team, uh, as a staff, and that's that's my priority right now. That's my biggest project now. Um, mm-hmm. And second to that is is what I'm doing, kind of on the side. Um, Diamond Performance. I started up my own brand. Um, and what I'm doing is the, the peak perfor- peak performance and the mental skills coaching uh, on an individual basis, 
um, in, in, in consulting with teams, uh, athletic departments, coaches, coaching staffs. Um, but that's, that's like I said, that's my second priority. And, and I'm keep making sure I'm keeping our Wright State baseball team at the forefront of everything that I'm doing. You can uh, find me on Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter is at acorsair21. Um, and I run southofthesix.com. You can spell six like all the cool kids up in Toronto spell it, 6IX. Um, I pretty much blog about the, the Raptors and the Blue Jays from a perspective of someone that lives in New England um, in enemy territory. And uh, right now I, I'm waiting for the September call-ups, and I'm going to post a piece on everyone that came up and what we can expect from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Raptors season approaching, um, I'm going to be getting deeper into that as well. And um, I also have a podcast, South of the Six podcast. Diamond knows all about it. Um, subscribe oh, yeah. to that, and uh, there'll be there'll be much more content with that coming soon. So appreciate you having me on, Harry. Uh, and for me, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, Dow of Steve, uh, mostly on uh, mostly on Twitter. Actually, I have a Facebook, which I think it's Facebook. Uh, com slash Dow of Steve 37 I think is the actual way to get there uh, it's uh, it's poorly it's poorly kept and 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 not tended to at all so uh, but if you want to go there and encourage me to uh, to to uh, treat it with something beyond benign neglect I'd always be happy to answer something there uh, and otherwise, it's uh, Fridays. Uh, usually, Friday afternoons is uh, when something drops from me on Sportsnet. And uh, this week, writing a little something on umpires. Uh, so you can look forward to to that either uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday, or today if you're listening to this on Friday. Or I'm sure it'll still be there if you're listening to this on Saturday. Well, gentlemen, it's been a slice. You've been listening to the host and creator of South of the Six podcast, Adam Corsair, mental game coach and motivational speaker, Diamond Hall, and Sportsnet writer and blogger, Dow Steve. I want to thank you all for joining me and hope to have you on again very soon. Appreciate you, Ari. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ari. Appreciate you, Ari.